Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Hello and welcome to another Impacting Jamaica podcast. I'm Shelley Ann Harris. Today I have the pleasure of talking with veteran award-winning educator Esther Tyson. Mrs. Tyson is a former principal and vice principal of notable high schools in Jamaica, an author, advisor, coach, education consultant, assessor, board member, and so many other things. And in October 2022, she will receive the National Award Order of Distinction Commander Class for Exemplary Service in Education. Mrs. Tyson, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Thank you for having me, Shelly-Ann. First, please accept my own personal congratulations, because you know you teach me, <laughs> on this well-deserved <laughs> national award. Thank you. Great. Now, when you look back over the years, what would you say that you are most proud of during your illustrious career as an educator? The children whose lives I have impacted and I have made that difference in their lives. Give me perhaps a story or a school or a something that you achieved during that time that you remember fondly now. Mm, I've quite a few, but let me talk about Tarrant because no one expected me to go to Tarrant. That was a last minute um, appointment. Yes, um, I think we were yes. generally all surprised. <laughs> yes, because I had retired from Arden and I was doing some you know, independent work. Uh, and the Ministry of Education asked me if I could just fill in for a term at Tarrant while they selected a new principal because the other principal before had left. Mm-hmm. And so I agreed to that. Well, one term became a year. And after uh, being a Tarrant, I said it to others, to persons, I said, being a Tarrant for me was like a university experience. I learned so much. Mm. I realized that Arden was not the typical high school in Jamaica. I realized that so many of our children are just in a situation where they don't have the requisite support that they need to do well cognitively, socially in school. Mm-hmm. And so th- that was a challenge for me because I had to try to find ways to help them to give those who wanted to the opportunity to achieve their best. And so I was very glad to see that there were some changes that were made. One of the most uh, memorable one was that the students, the girls wore black tunics with white blouses, right? Mm -hmm. And they used to complain to me and say, Miss the people on the road call us funeral workers. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that. And I said it to the staff, I said, we need to change the uniform. And they said, Mrs. Tyson, we have the pattern for the uniform from years ago, but nobody would take us on because the school scholars are like Arden, it's blue and gold. So I said, bring me the pattern. So they brought me the pattern. 
and I liked it. So we contracted with the person who provided us with uniforms mm -hmm. to make samples of each one because you had uh, one pattern from grade seven to nine, then you had another pattern from grade for grades ten and eleven, and another one for sixth form. Mm -hmm. So the last day or the last week of the school year we decided to have students model those uniforms and they went on that stage and they strutted they, they looked so good let me tell you if the roof could have come off of the auditorium it would have those children they just clapped and they roared and they i mean they were so excited to see their new uniforms so i said to them i am not going to be here in september You'll have a new principal, but I am going to come to see you the first morning of school because I want to see you in your new uniforms. But I want to tell you, your parents don't have to buy all of them at the same time. Those of you who have good, you know, tunics, you can wear those and then eventually your parents can wear the new ones. Well, let me tell you, Shelley, and I went down to Tyrone the first morning mm -hmm. when school opened and I saw one student in the black tunic. Wow. So I was so shocked. I said to the teachers, how is it that all of them have the new uniforms? They said, Mrs. Tyson, some of the children use hot iron and burnt their uniforms so that their parents had to buy wow. them. <laughs> but persons would say to me that they would see the students on the road walking and their attitude and their posture was just different. They were proud of themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And I say sometimes to principals that sometimes change doesn't have to be expensive. You just look for some low hanging fruits and you start there and you build because that did not cost the school anything. The parents had to buy uniforms. So now they got the new uniforms to buy and it made such a difference. So I'll never forget that one. Another story for Tarrant. And I went, they didn't have a, a what do you call it, intercom system. Mm -hmm. So I lobbied the board, lobbied the past students in Florida, and we got an intercom system. So I decided to do what I did at Arden, was every morning to play the national anthem before the start of school. So they would be still, they learned to stand at attention and to show respect for the anthem. And those children, we're telling people that they go to big school now because they're getting the national anthem is being played. And then I would read proverbs for them in the mornings, just to proverbs to influence their thinking about life, about themselves. And I played worship music just to quiet them. What I heard later on, the persons in the community, it impacted them so that their lives became more settled. So it did not just impact the school, it impacted the community. So I'm very proud of that. That's awesome. It's, it's such a profound point to make about the impact that low-hanging fruit type of changes can make in the school mm -hmm. environment. And my next question to you is really about, you know, acknowledging we're going to talk about one or two challenges in our education sector, but I wanted to first point to what you think is going well, because I, I think as a, you know, as a media practitioner, as you know, when you have a platform, you should really try to emphasize what is good 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want you to, as an educator, with, with being in the system so long, if you can yes. highlight something that is good about our education system, and yes, we're going to talk about the challenges in a second. Yes. Well, one thing we have to acknowledge, I, I mean, I, I grew up in the 60s, and when I was going to school, you had to take this common entrance or scholarship exam, and you would have to get a, a scholarship or a half scholarship in order for some of the monies to be paid for by the government. Most parents had to pay for the school fees, right? I got a half scholarship because I was never good at math. So I did very well in English, which is my area. And, um, but now these days we can see that there is more access to education at a secondary level. Granted, we know the issues as related to the amount of money that the ministry, that the government gives to school. But the point is that every child has the opportunity to be able to get a secondary education. We can talk about the quality of it and inequity and so on, but the point is the access is there. Excellent. So access is one of the big wins that we can talk about in our own educational context. So now we are talking uh, with you in the context of your getting a national award, well-deserved award, but it's a time when the education sector is sort of in a little bit of a spot. Some say crisis, some have some other words to describe it. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say it's in a bit of a spot as it relates to the teacher brain drain. How do you, what is your perspective on the cause of that and the solution for that? And now a word from our sponsors. A toast only works if it's shared with others, even when we're miles apart. So let's cheer each other on. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. John John, Manoya in there. no when lights are come back. And a pinky this time. Akisha. Keisha, just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things here. So you can't stop, knock me door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for ask. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsco.com for more info. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facility's maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning, and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Welcome back to our podcast. There are a number of issues. Well, of course, the most immediate one and the one that faces us is in terms of how the teachers are remunerated. They are at the point where they are not really earning a living salary. Mm. Not many persons if on their own can afford to pay rent to all the utilities to drive a vehicle, the cost of gas these days, just all of those things. Because when the teachers get a raise, it is done like 
it's almost like every decade there is any significant raise. Mm. There's some incremental, you know, increase that's done, but this is not significant. I remember the time when they were pushing to get teachers to be paid at 80% of the rate of the public sector, right? And that was a long time ago, and then since then I've not heard a similar effort. So the teachers are lagging behind in terms of their earning power. Mm. And when a teacher, I, I remember stories in the early days, and I'm sure it still happens that a teacher will go to try to rent a place. And when the, 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 the landlord finds out that the person is a teacher, they don't want to rent them. They say they can't afford it. They're not going to be able to keep up with it. So you mm. have that type of disrespect that the teachers face because of the whole problem with their salaries then of course you have in what we're having especially post-covid is the whole issue of the students in the classrooms and they are coming in more violent they are coming in with a lot of issues that never presented themselves before at that level it has increased you hear stories all around in terms of their over sexualized behavior and all of these things so teachers have to contend with that in addition the teachers know and i think that's very good that it's happening have to now learn the new skills to use the you know develop the their skills on the through the internet how to use different apps to engage students and all of these these are new things Granted, those who are going to this USA, of course, I'm sure will be faced with the same thing, but those are new things. So especially some of those who are older and find it hard to adapt, it becomes difficult. Yes. So you, you have the whole, the, this, the um, salary, you have the classroom situation in terms of the students. And of course, then you have the whole thing in terms of the new approaches that they need to take because the ministry has implemented the national standards curriculum the national standards curriculum is based on being very involved and using the internet right mm -hmm. um everything is about the inter the um internet hey, what is it again what well, my head is going that's why i retire Okay. <laughs> online <laughs> online learning the yeah it's online learning but there's another um, phrase that i'm trying to but anyway the same thing so the and there are some persons you know shelly and they are just terrified of change many people don't like change so now you're saying to them you have to go and learn these skills and you have to do this and you have to do that and some people just simply shy away from it and you have to be certified now as well yes well that has been for a few years ago that the ministry had given teachers a certain number of years within which they must get their professional qualifications right and at the same time they also from the last co um, commission in 2004 that recommended that there was a national college of education leadership there that has been established and so they train principals and they train senior teachers Right. So there has been progress made in terms of that. So, for instance, when I became a principal, they sent you to a one day session and you, that, that was a training that was offered. You know, now things have changed. You have the National College of Education Leadership and the principals are required to get um, those qualifications to be hired as a principal. 
So, so things have improved in some ways. And of course, because of the, the world changes, and as the world changes, education has to change with the world because we are preparing our students to function effectively in the workplace and not just in Jamaica, but internationally. And it's a global stage that we're dealing with now. And that's another issue because there are some teachers who are just closed into their subject area. They, they, they learned this from college at university, and that is the information that they have. And they are not aware or don't want to be aware that as the world develops, so too must their knowledge base. They must be aware of what's happening in the world in order to adequately prepare the students to go out into the world and to find their place in that in the in the world on the world stage. Mm -hmm. Well, those are quite a number of of issues that um will uh -huh. be resulting in the brain drain. But from where you mm -hmm. sit, I mean, you talk about compensation. Is that the solution? That, that you're also advocating that we have to focus on compensation to, to of course brain drain that's one of the things that need to happen is it number and one yes number two the society needs to, to show respect for educators again mm. granted it's a two-way street because when i when i was younger and going to school the teacher was seen as you know equivalent to to the pastor you understand mm -hmm. in in the community uh, unfortunately there are some teachers whose lifestyle really does not support that type of view that the community used to have of educators so we need to restore that we need to restore where teachers are seen as leaders of of val values yes i remember when um prime minister Pattison tried to start that campaign for values and values. attitudes Yes, and at you, it never got anywhere. But in when as a child, the pastor, the teacher, those were the persons along with the inspector of police. Those were the persons who led the whole moral charge and charge of ethical behavior in the community. So let me so ask I, you then, Mrs. Tyson. It is not happening. Hmm? It, yes, it, it can't happen by itself. So are we? Yeah. Are you then proposing that there is more? there's a more discriminating process in how we select teachers or perhaps train teachers. How do we fix that part about getting that level you, of respect you know again and the value? First of all, I, first of all is again, what are the values and the attitudes that we expect our teachers to have? The t training colleges were beginning from when they're in Lower schools coming up from primaries from basic school yes from early childhood there are certain approaches to life that we need to inculcate in our children it doesn't happen by accident especially in a time when there is there are so many vine voices okay to be heard mm -hmm. that schools must be a place where you determine that these are your core values and these are what you want your children to learn and the every staff member must embrace those values and the leaders should be insisting in one way or the other that everyone on the staff buy into and practice those values. We cannot be saying to church or girls, for instance, that you are not to be 
having loose sexual lifestyles and your teachers are known to be living like that mm. who is those children are not going to pay attention they think we are jokers and that has been happening quite a lot in our schools so we have to represent the values we can't only say them we must live them if we want our students to believe that we are serious about those things so there's mechanisms to come up with a a, a a program or something called values and attitudes and then we do, we don't embrace it ourselves to show that we really believe in it so you're you're advocating that teachers have to live the example that we want to see i believe so finally then as you know a long time respected educator uh what is your advice to teachers you are at a good place you know you are going to be recognized you re you've been recognized so many times before in terms of different honors what is your advice to teachers in this time who listen to this podcast and have respect for you as a, as an educator what is your message to them advice to them what would you want to say to them i think what is very important is that one as a teacher you love children. You can't be a teacher and don't love children because you have to sacrifice for many of those children in order to help them to become their best selves. Secondly, you must live as a life that your children, your students can emulate, that you'd want them to be, yes? So therefore, if you are someone who believes that children should you know, be honest, that we must work hard, that we must not give up, that we must live lives that are pleasing to God, then you too must believe in and show and embracing that lifestyle because children are very quick to identify hypocrites. They will tell you, they know I'm in this situation. I said, Miss, I know that that teacher what you doing with that other teacher? They will tell me things I don't know about what's happening among the staff. Yes? So the children know. So they, we cannot pretend to them to be what we are not. And the other thing is, make sure that you're always on top of your game. Keep learning. Keep learning and understanding what is happening in the field of education and how you can better your own practice as a teacher. And always be a reflective teacher. Our Jamaican teachers, many of them are afraid of that whole term, being reflective, to stop and think and analyze and assess mm -hmm. your practice and how, what can you do better or what can you replicate because it really works well. Yes, many teachers, they don't want to sit and think at all, right? So I think those are some important things I would say to any teacher that's listening. Sound advice, not only for teachers, but for all of us, especially parents in this time yes so yes. thank you so much mrs tyson and congratulations again on our well-deserved order of distinction commander class for your exemplary service to education thank you for being an impacting jamaican thank you shelly and i'm very proud of you as my past student by the way i need to say yay <laughs> thank you so much all right, you, you, we will welcome you again, I'm sure, to talk about how we can continue to make this place, this rock, a better place. So thanks okay. again. Thank you too. God bless you. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited. 
the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Caramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.